Father, thank you for this morning. God, we come, like we said, God, with great expectation. Father, knowing that you're a faithful God. God, that truly, if we would just stop and look at the, 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 literally the journey that we've been on with you, God, we would see, God, that you've really, man, you've just been faithful. God, you've been consistent with who you are. And so, Lord, today, as we have the opportunity to be in your house, as we have the opportunity to give to your kingdom, Father, we thank you, God, that your faithfulness, God, will just uh, flourish in our lives. And so, Lord, today, we just give with uh, thanksgiving. God, we give with a joyful heart. And God, we just come. God, expect and receive from your word today. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Well, hey, listen, we, we got something uh, a little bit more special this year. Uh, we, we have Miss Lisa Falk. Pastor Tommy's wife came this year. So let me just say this, make a really quick introduction. I, I guess for you guys that don't know, when I was 20 years old, I moved to Lafayette, Louisiana, and at that time, I went and worked at a church there, and Pastor Tommy was the administrative worship pastor and carried about 1,001 hats, right, at that church. And so, anyway, so then, basically, I was there two years and left, and then Jen came into that church and a ministry that was there, and then, what, two years later, I came back to the same church, and... And at that time, Pastor Tommy was still in the same role, and then our senior pastor at that time decided to, to move on to another church in Minnesota, my, no, Wisconsin, Wisconsin. And, uh, and these guys have been the pastors of that church now for 15 years. Uh, they've been at the church there for 21 years. And so, anyways, so for us, I'll just say this, and, and you know, as your, as your pastor, when, when there's a point where I'm like, man, I've got to talk to somebody, this is the number one guy I call. And so, uh, you know, for me and Jen, these guys have been a, a valuable piece for a long time in our lives and continue to be. And so uh, from us, we trust them wholeheartedly. And so uh, today, man, I'm just so excited for them to be here and uh, excited for what God's going to do. Amen. So, so y'all give a, a good old main welcome to Pastor Tommy and Ms. Lisa. So my wife loves people, but she doesn't like microphones. Okay, that's okay? Okay, all right. So that's a great start, huh? Get your wife to look at you funny. Okay. You've got your Bible with you? Awesome. You're going to need it. And um, I want you to take notes. Um, and the reason I'm saying that is because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you a lot of verses of Scripture this morning. And it's going to be worth it. Um, there's something God dropped in my heart. I've, I've been in this thing for, for some time, but God recently spoke to me in a profound way, and that's what I want to communicate this morning. I really completely believe that, um, that I have, a, I believe, a, a clear word for this church this morning. That's why I'm here. I've been telling Pastor that. And by the way, Pastor Quentin and Miss Jennifer, I mean, let me tell you how, how we go back. I mean, Jennifer had her wisdom teeth out and spent a week at our home, and Lisa cared for her and gave, fed her ice cream every day. And I mean, this is how, you, you know, huh, look. Oh, yeah, we, oh, yeah, oh, by the way, I officiated the wedding, you know, that kind of thing. And so we, I mean, you know, we go way back uh, when Jennifer didn't even know who Quentin, Pastor Quentin was. And so we're just really glad to be here and... You know, the kids being at their home, it's just been great just being able to do that and uh, spend time with them. You know, it's a great, it's a great thing to be in the family just as, uh, you know, with uh, Jen leading worship because they have worship on 24-7 in the house and we do that a, a good a bit and we do that in our church also and so it's been awesome. So it's been, I mean, right at a year, just under, just barely short a year since, I mean, that's really crazy. I'm still showing pictures to people from when I was here last time. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it went so fast. Um, it's really kind of an amazing thing. And what a privilege to come back. You know, it's really, it's really a great blessing when you can go somewhere and speak and they ask you back. I mean, you, 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 <laughs> you, know, I mean, you know what I'm saying. But to have Lisa with me this time is really awesome. And um, it's really been good. We've seen a, a bunch of sites. You know, harbors and lighthouses, and Lisa got to see some things that I've been able to see a, a number of times. Um, we've been clamming with Brother Lindley. I mean, I, I wanted to do that. I've never been clamming. Now, we, we go, you know, crawfishing, but not clamming, okay? Clamming was a whole new thing. 
We did that for a couple of hours. The first hour and a half or so, we were struggling the first hour. But then we got in a groove and a rhythm, and it was really exciting. I mean, man, we were like, yes, you know, four and five at a time. Wow, it was awesome. Uh, and, then, and then we went to some soccer uh, to see some adults run over each other. It was awesome at the pitch. That's a great place. Pastor Quentin was playing on the team, so we were there. I was cheering him on. It was, Shh, you're supposed to be quiet in soccer. I didn't realize you're supposed to be so- quiet in soccer. Uh, I, I was like, I mean, we have sports, okay? We're LSU. I mean, you, you don't be quiet. I've been in the uh, in in death, you know, Death Valley, you know, there in a Tiger Dome, and I've been in the top in the where the whole stadiums. <sighs> you think I'm kidding? That's I'm not. Go read up on it. I've been there. The whole stadium's moving. Uh, I'll, I'll take another ice cream cone. <laughs> whole thing's moving, and you're trying to, you know, you know. But anyway, all that stuff takes place. Um, I think we brought some of the South Louisiana weather with us: rain, <laughs> a little cold, and rain. That's us. And uh, I could feel the pressure for the last few days. You know, you just—it's like, wow, this is like being at home. That was kind of interesting. Um, but really and truthfully, this is one of our favorite places to be. This is my fourth time, my fourth time, Lisa's second time, and I just have to tell you, we're fighting things off to move here. How many of you know what I mean? It's just, it's just that awesome. But you know what? One of the great things about being here is that I'm always inspired here. I'm always inspired when I'm here, and even more than that, I always hear the voice of God when I'm here. God always speaks to me. And how many of you know when you have places like that, you want to visit those, but you want to be with those places? Can I, can I just do a couple of little things? I, I, I did talk to him about this. I just want to make sure that it's still okay. Is it Megan? Is, did I get the name right in the red? Is that Megan? Megan, um, so, so when I walked in the door, the Holy Ghost just hit me when I walked right up to you. And, uh, and then I saw you up here. And this is what I heard. Now, now let me finish because at first you're going to go, what? But let me finish. It was like a bull in a china closet, but in God's way. So in other words, when you think of a bull in a china closet, it's like they come in a room and they hit everything, right? Is that not what we think of when we think of that? Well, but that's the way it is, but with the glory of God. So when you walk in a place, you're hitting everything, but it's the glory of God hitting it. And so it's like God hitting it. I mean, everywhere you go, people get hit with who you are, just being around you. That's kind of cool. Is that really who she is? Is that kind of her character a little bit? And um, I, I've never, I don't think we ever met, huh? I don't think. I think I asked you that earlier. And so uh, there's a couple of people here that looked at, when I looked at them, they looked at me weird because I looked at them and they, they're like, what is this man doing here? <laughs> oh, he's just a guest speaker looking at me weird. Oh, that's an awesome thing. And that's, that's really uh, kind of exciting. And, uh, you know, one of the reasons that I wanted to do that right now is because sometimes the, the, the touch of God is at a moment when you have to decide, is that something you do now or is that for later or whatever? And so I try to know what God is saying in the sense of whether that's a now thing or you just wait and a little bit later. Um, this morning, I, I'm sorry, and I, I don't know your name. You're playing the acoustic guitar. So we met last time a little bit, right? And, uh, and so this time is just a, a huge shift in the sense like for me. And so here, here's the deal. So great gifting, great talent, but there's more than that. You get it internally. So there's been a lot of things that, you, that happened between you and the Lord in your private time and that kind of thing. And, and I think over the years you may have had a little trouble translating that from personal to more corporate possibly. And so I, I see that you, you actually connected with there's – there's you've made a connection. Like you've been able to have a breakthrough in that. Uh, is, that is that making sense? Okay, and so I hope that's okay. The, the point I'm saying in, in that is because gifting and talent alone isn't what gets it all done. It's when you come together in the body of Christ and you connect and you literally, Pastor Quinn, can you come up if I can do this? Man, I just feel the, I can't even hardly talk right now. Um, it's really, whew. So it's like, it's like this. The Bible says to bear one another's burdens. It's very similar to that. So you, you link arms, right? When you bear one of those burdens, you literally do this. You get under them and you, ca- you help carry them over. That's literally what that means. But when you connect in the body, you're doing this. And, I mean, there's nothing can break through it. You go, well, it's the weakest link. Well, the weakest link is the one that we're not standing with, the one that we're not, you know, in joining with, that we're not in unity. Because Jesus said we don't have to see that defeat. We don't have to. It's only because we allow it, right? 
You know, even the weakest were strong. Amen. You see, so when you so when you're with him, then you you have that stuff. Is that good? Give it a give him a golf clap. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Um, that's a, that's a that's really a, a complete clap. It's just quieter. You know. All right. But in that, there's been great victory. So I, I am I can I can say this with all confidence that you've had greater joy, and you've experienced that. And actually. So, so here's the deal. So there's been greater release in that. See, what, what a lot of times we don't understand, all of us, and I, I've, I mean, I had to walk through this myself. I don't think anybody that's tried to know God doesn't walk through this. And that is his understanding that when you really do connect in a heavenly way, in a divine way, and I, I don't mean that in a goofy way, but in a divine, you know, heavenly way, that it creates an even greater anointing. It creates greater authority. It creates greater because the boundaries expand and you get to do more together. And so once we connect on that level and you begin to understand that, it's, it's like it's almost it, there's no limit. It's really true. There's really almost no limit. You know what I'm saying? And then in worship, man, I, I cried like three or four different times. I asked for Lisa. I said, Lisa, give me, give me the towel. i got to wipe my glasses. And Jen, thanks for leading us in worship and everything. I heard that, and I, I, only because I don't know if I'll, I'll get a chance to, to pray with her. Becky, is it okay if I, if I, okay? And I, and I, it's like I'm just sizzling right now. So I'm going to go ahead and go by, by faith. Would you mind just standing right here? I don't need you to come up here or anything. I just, would, would y'all around here, just extend your hand here. I just want to speak over a couple of things. I just want you to, right where you're standing, just say, God, I just receive from you. Lord, I just receive. Just begin to just say that right now. See, you feel that right there? Okay, here's why God is doing that. I just began, I, when I walked over, you know, I told you when you walked in and, all, and, I, and I was trying not to be weird and all that. And I, and I just said, I just said, God, what are you doing? And he said, enough is enough. He just said, enough is enough. That the enemy, this, it's, it's like it's over. Enough is enough. And, uh, and that this is a breakthrough weekend for you in a huge way. And, and he said, I've just had enough. But I, I believe, and, I, and one of the reasons I think that, Tight. One of the reasons I think that I'm doing this in this fashion, I hope this isn't embarrassing you, that's not what this is about. It's so that people can stand with you and then we can stand with each other as we should as a genuine body, right? You see what I mean? And so that's what that's about. You know what all that means. I don't have a clue really what that means. But I heard it ring. It's like I heard, it's like I heard the Lord weeping. And saying it's a, but he said it with a, see, only God can do it that way. It's like the tenderness of, of who God is, yet he says, but enough. It's over. Enough. And I believe there's some real, I mean, I don't understand it all. I don't have to understand it. It's not really necessary. So I'm going to ask you to stand up one more time. And we're just going to pray. Is that okay if I pray for you? In fact, just, just walk towards me. You feel that? That's powerful, huh? Lift your hands. I mean, would you just stand behind her if you don't mind? Just be behind her. Nothing weird's going goofy going to happen. Is that? You see, feel that? That's really good. Go ahead and just. You don't have to put your hands on her. I just want you to be behind her in case, just, just as a support. It's okay. I just want God to touch her. You know, one of the things that as I've grown, I say grown in the Lord. Just as years have gone by, I let God do more and more and more and more and more, where I do less and less and less, and then nobody can ever question who it is. You see what I mean? Well, that's powerful, huh? I mean, if you're sensing half of what I'm sensing, it's pretty powerful, huh? So just, just if you would, just, just lift your hands and surrender to the Lord and just say, God, I just receive what you have for me. Lord, just touch it right now. That's it. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Ladies, can you pray for her a little bit? Jen, would you come? Lord, I just thank you right now. Thank you, Lord. Just need a little, uh, somebody got a jacket or something, just lay over in the name of Jesus, thank you. There you go. Thank you. Lord, I just thank you for the work you're doing in her. God, I just, I just thank you for the heat that's just, I don't know all you're doing. Lord, I just thank you for the healing work that you're doing right now. Just let God do it. Yeah, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You know, God cares enough about us to touch our lives. Lord, I just thank you for ministering powerfully right now. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. We just bless you, Lord. She's going to get up a new person. She's new now, but I mean, you know, God's going to do something really unique right now. 
Thank you, Lord. Just lift Becky up to the Lord right now. Just, just uh, God, just do a complete work. Come on, just stand. Let's stand together. Lord, just do your complete work. Thank you, Lord. Every lie of the enemy, every disappointment. Thank you, Lord. Huge disappointments. Not knowing um, who to trust, what to hold on to. And I even get a sense that even included God for just a bit. God even holding on to God. What a, there's a dark time of the night that every believer goes through. There is no one who doesn't experience that. God said, I'll be in the dark in the darkness, in the dark times where you just walk through, where you just go, God, I'm going by sheer radar, sheer radar. You guys from Maine, ought to, you know what that means, to be able to just go by just pure, God, it's instinct. I know you're there. That's all. I can't see it. The fog that's been rolling in, it's almost been symbolic. You can't really see. You just It's total trust in the Lord. I thank you, God, that you walk us through each and every every one of those moments. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. There you go. Take a deep breath. Just let the Holy Spirit just minister right there. We just thank you, Lord. We just thank you. Thank you for your great work, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Okay, now, let's just, let's just shift a little bit. And just begin to just pray, God, we just thank you for the, what you've done. We thank you for that work. We thank you for that touch. Lord, we just thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We just bless you. Is this good? It, you feel like you've been run over by a truck a little bit? Isn't that awesome? That's exactly how God does it. That's what it takes. You know, you know what I'm saying? That's what it takes sometimes. That's what it takes sometimes. That's awesome. <laughs> Another thing is, I just want to tell you that I'm taking this time. I realize this is Sunday morning, right? That, <laughs> well, God, I, you know, my entire message is about God messing up our, <laughs> our schedules and our moments. You know, let me tell you, people are more important than anything I have to say. I mean, you know, in that sense. I mean, people, we're, we're more important to the Lord I mean, you know, I have something to say, but God's thought this was much more important for the moment. You good? Can you sit up? We'll just let you sit up. You know, another thing is, is not to move quicker than you should. Let God complete that. So they're going to just sit with you just a little bit. Just stay there just for a couple more moments. All right, is that okay? For those that are up here, come on, give God praise. That's what, what we'll do is I believe you're going to hear a tremendous testimony out of that. Wow, how am I ever going to say what I have to say this morning? All right. So those were the, is this okay, though? And again, if you know me, you know it's, it's just Jesus. Just, uh, it's just he, he just he just loves people. I just can't, I mean, I've, it's like the more I've known God, the, it's just that becomes the paramount thing more and more and more. I used to think it was all about getting that nugget, that, you know, that, I've got to have that word, I've got to have that nugget, Pastor. I've got to have that, you know, thing. I've got to deliver the most powerful, you know. And there is, you know, there is something to that. I mean, you want to deliver some, some fresh bread from heaven. But, man, people are much more important. I'll never forget, I was with a friend. In fact, I want to talk about his wife, about this book. David Ravenhill, me and Lisa, before we ever even took the full-time pastorate, we were just, Becky, you good? Awesome. Uh, before we took the full-time pastor, we'd been on staff six years and doing, as, as, um, as he said, many things and a lot of things. In the middle of that, we were sitting in their living room, David and Nancy Ravenhill. And um, David is a son of Lena Ravenhill, if you've ever heard of that name. Look that up if you haven't. David's as powerful a man of God, just in a different way. Uh, he's an incredible teacher. Where his dad was an incredible revivalist. I mean, that's the only way to, to, uh, to say it. And, and we said, if you could tell us anything, what would it be? He said, feed sheep and love sheep. He said, that was good enough for Peter when Jesus, <laughs> Jesus said, feed sheep, feed the sheep, love the sheep. And then he'd say, do you love me? He'd go, well, look, well, what do you think? Of course. I'm. No, no, no. If you love me, if you do it to the least of these, you, 
right? See, if you love me, love sheep, feed sheep. And that's, uh, that's an awesome thing. So let's go from here. How about that? Is that okay? All right, let's see if this will work. All right, so you have two things. You see the, the picture on the left? And uh, so here's a picture of that family. So uh, a number of years ago, um, I got a call from someone in our church. And they said, you've got to come and pray with this little newborn. And, and I said, okay. And uh, we went. And, and here's the deal. When I went to pray, this was the deal. I got into the room. I had to scrub up, take off some clothes, scrub up, clean everything, then put their clothes on, and then go into this room and be sanitized, and then put my arms through this wall, through these gloves, and then pray for this little newborn baby. If you've ever been there, it's a little different. And uh, they said, you've got to pray. You know, it's not looking good. And so we began to pray. I never heard from the family ever again. That was it. I went and prayed. Never heard anything ever again. It was just some friends of uh, someone in our church. And so about four or five years later, this couple walks up, and there's this little baby girl on the shoulders of this dad. And so they walk right up to me, and, the, and he says, hey, Pastor Tommy. And, and I went, oh, no, I don't know who they are. <laughs> I know no one else has ever experienced that. And as a, and they said, and, and then, and then, you know, the, the, the break came. You're not going to remember us. And I went, oh, great. But, uh, do you remember, do you remember praying for this little baby? And I mean, I knew, how many of you know, you knew, I knew, I prayed for many babies. I knew exactly who they were. This is her. This is our little girl. She's perfect. She's ready to start school. And look, God healed her that day. We'll never be the same. Okay, now, now watch this, okay? So about two months ago, we had a lady in our church who met a couple. And actually, that's where I got that picture. And she, and she met them. They, they have a rental property in Florida somewhere, which I didn't know. I was like, man, give me that thing, you know. But anyway, so she met them. She was going to rent their facility. And she said, well, where do you go to? They're, they're Christians. She said, where do you go to church? She says, well, I go to First Simile with Pastor Tommy Fall. And they go, we know Pastor Tommy. And they begin to tell her the story. And she said, do you know the family? And I went, what family? <laughs> Here we are all over again. We're doing it all over again. What family? Uh, you prayed for this little bit? Oh, yes. They said, she's, the, the lady in our church said, they said that day changed their life forever. How many of you know when God shows up on the scene, it changes your life forever? He just touches your life. It's like, boy, he just, he just meets you right where you are. Now, this book, Touched by Heaven, is a great, tremendous book. So I, had, uh, I was at my friend David Ravenhills. I was just spending some time. We were just talking, praying, just believing God for some things together, just looking to his counsel. I mean, inc- incredible. They're in their 70s. Just incredible wisdom. And, I mean, they go all the way back to, I mean, you know, they ran YWAM bases in the Philippines. They, they helped David Wilkerson start Teen Challenge in New York. They did, you know, I mean, they could just go on and on and on and on. And so as we're sitting there, Brother David, Sister Nancy gave me her book. I, I didn't realize she had wrote a book. And she, it was just a couple of years ago, though. And I haven't been at their home probably in a, in probably maybe it's been a couple of years, I guess. And so we were talking about that. Now, she didn't know what God had spoken to me from faith to sight, with this, which is what I'm going to be talking about. And so she gave me the book. She says, but I'm going to tell you a story that's not in the book. Now, there was a reason why God had her tell me this story. And this is some of what we want to talk about today. And she said this. Now, the Lord had only spoken to me two days before, and I'll I'll tell you that here in a moment. She looks at me and says, the the book is about how God, um, her dad, really kind of verbally and physically abused her from the age of four all the way to 14, and uh, multiple times a week in his anger and things like that. And when she was four, when it happened the first time, the Lord Jesus came into a room and said, Nancy, I'm going to be with you all the days of your life. I'm going to visit you through your entire life. And this book is about how God visited her her entire life. But she said, I'm going to tell you an account that's not in this book. She said, one, one time when I was 12 years old, the Lord came into my room and he said, Nancy, one day you're going to write a book about all the things about our times together. And she said, oh, no, Jesus, I could never do that. And he said it again. He said, Nancy, one day you're going to write a book about my visits with you and all the things that I've spoken to you. Oh, Lord, I could never do that. And she said when she said it the second time, the Lord was gone. And she said, Tommy, it wasn't that he was angry. It's just my faith couldn't, couldn't go there. 
and he was and he was gone. I, I sensed him, but he was no longer there for me to see it. And I said, Nance, you don't understand what the Lord's just talked to me about from faith to sight. And so that's what I want to talk to you about this morning. So let me tell you what happened. So I was leaving. I was going to be riding my motorcycle, which many of you know I came last year on my bike. And um, I was riding my bike up to David's house. And uh, so he's about 11 hours away from my home. And so um, I was going up there. And that morning I was up early thinking about riding. And I was finished packing and all those things about 6 o'clock in the morning. And as usual, I was just meditating on the Lord. But what happened was, is God really, I had an encounter that I didn't anticipate. Right as I'm sitting there minding my own business, right? All of a sudden, this verse comes through. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Now, many of you have heard that verse. You've read it. You've quoted it. Faith is, now faith is, the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen, correct? And so in the midst of that, I'm thinking and I'm meditating on that. Okay, I know that verse. I can even quote it. I can even tell you it's in the book of Hebrews. I mean, you know, I can, I can do that. And God let me meditate on that for a moment. And then all of a sudden, this next verse came through. Without faith, it is impossible to please God, Right? And for he who comes to him must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Correct? Now you're beginning to see his theme here, right? Faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. And then it is this, right? It is without faith it is impossible to please God. For he who comes must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who, King Jimmy says, diligently seek him. Are y'all with me? Seek him. You got to see him, right? Without faith, it's impossible. Are you getting a theme here? And then the next verse that came through, how many of you know this? For we walk by faith, not by sight. Y'all know the verse. Okay. So there's a theme. So I would, these verses were just coming through my mind. These verses are just coming through my mind and I'm thinking on them and I'm meditating on them. And I'm like, God, what are you, what are you thinking? And I began to think about how each verse is about living in faith and not living by sight. Now let me go ahead and give you an instance. I had a friend of mine who's in our church. He got shot with a, I think it was a 45 through his chest, was dead. They went in the hospital room. Our, the pastor, the founding pastor of the church that we can still pastor went in there. They had him cut open, had a thing over, you know, blanket over him. He goes in and prays, walks out. And uh, when the nurse comes in to finish up some stuff, he goes, I'm hungry. No kidding. I want a Coke and a hamburger. Ah! And the nurse runs out of the room. What? Ah, he's alive. Okay, anyway. So God raised him up. Well, that young man who's, you know, he's, he's in his late 40s, uh, called me. He said, Pastor Tommy, I've got a good friend of mine in a city an hour and a half away. His son has been in a motorcycle accident, and, uh, and it's not good. As a matter of fact, there's not really any brainwaves. We've got to get over there. We've got to go pray for them. They, they're, they're allowing us to go pray. Now, they were believers. They had a church family, but he said, we, they want us to go and pray. And so I said, okay, when are we going to hook up? And we met and, and drove over there. Now, how many of you know that in the meantime, in the midst of an hour and a half, you can start out in faith, but you can sure end up in doubt? With an hour and a half to think about it. Now, I know no one else has done that, but I'll just go ahead and share my life and say I've done that. And I'm just sitting there and we're just praying and we're going, hey, this is going to be, this is going to be good. God's going to do something great. Yes, he is. I got the, the guy raised from the dead right here. That's awesome. I've seen some cool stuff. We've had another guy in our church raised from the dead under our ministry. And I'm like, we can do this thing. We can, but how many of you know that each moment is specific? It doesn't matter. I mean, you, you draw on that, but at the same time, each moment is specific. And so we're driving. We go over there. So we walk into the, to the uh, hospital room, and there he is. And he doesn't really have any real physical things. What happened was he hit a culvert head on. In his head, it split the helmet in, in half, and it fell off his head. And in the meantime, what happened was it... it you know, he had head trauma, and he had a broken collarbone, and that's pretty much it, other than a couple little scratches. And he's sitting there, and the monitor's doing this. How many of you know that's not good? Any nurses in the room? That's not good, huh? Huh? 
Terrible. All right. Awesome. You're in agreement with that was not good. Now, how many of you know that sight is really working against you? You see, faith really has to come into play. And so what happened was we went up and I literally I had to ignore that thing. I mean, you don't there it is. And there's what it's doing its job. And the nurses are there and there's the parents going, please pray for you. I mean, you understand the scene, right? And so we go over and just start praying. God, you got to do it. I mean, hey, it's not in, surely not in us. But, Lord, we're here. They're, they're, they're asking us to pray. We're standing in agreement. Come on, let's do it. And we, and we believe God right there. We left. Uh, a day later, man, there's, they're starting to get a, some, some blips. The next day, he's starting, to, he's starting to move a little bit. And now the monitor is reading his brain waves. The next day, he's grabbing their fingers. About three days later, he's starting to groan and moan. Then he, a couple of days more, he opens his eyes. A couple of days more, he's talking to his mom and his dad. All right? So I'm going to leave it right there for at the moment, all right? So there's more to the story. But as we look at that, when I, going back to that 6 o'clock morning moment with God, as I sat there, those verses are walking through my mind, coming through my mind. And as I'm, I'm just laying there, all of a sudden the Lord asked me a question. See, God will set you up that way. How many of you know that? All, all the people that I spoke with this morning, I don't guess you got up this morning thinking that that was going to happen, but God sets you up. But it's cool because God is the setter-upper that works really well. How many of you know what I mean? And so what happened was I'm sitting there and I'm just thinking to these verses going, okay, there's a theme here, <laughs> but I'm not sure why I'm thinking about it. And then the Lord asked me a question as he set me up. And he said this, he said, Tommy, at what point does your faith become sight? At what point does your faith become sight? And all of a sudden, the verses that had just run through my mind began to run through my mind again. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, but the evidence of things not seen. But at what point do I begin to see them? Right? We walk by faith, not by sight. But at what point does your faith become sight? You see, God had worded it in such a way that he had just penetrated my heart. I mean, he just pinned me in that bed. I didn't know if I was ever going to be able to get on the bike and get going. I mean, I'm telling you, I was so stirred up. And then, all of a sudden, different verses start coming through my mind. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Where God sets you up again, and they just start coming through my mind. And here's what came up. But it was more in visuals than just singular verses. How many of you know about the centurion that walks up to Jesus and says, I have, right? He says, I have a servant. I have a, I have a, I have a, a person at my home who is paralyzed. In fact, the word says he's paralyzed, but he's tormented. That's what it means in the Greek. And he says, I want you to pray for him. Jesus said, I tell you what, I'll come with you. And the centurion says, no, 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 no. I'm I'm a man of authority. I'm a man under authority. All you have to do is say the word. He'll be healed. When I get home, he'll be healed. Jesus looks at him and says, in all of Israel, I have not found such faith. Now, because that verse came through my mind, I realized, guess what? That's connected to the sight thing. When you go into the Greek, the word have not found in the different translations means to perceive or to see. And so what Jesus was saying was, I have not perceived in anyone that kind of faith in all of Israel. I have not seen that kind of faith in all of Israel. Then as I'm meditating on that, then the next thing comes by. And I see these four friends dropping their friend through the roof. Anybody know that account? Now, this is an, an interesting thing. What Jesus does is he stops and he looks and he says, I have not seen such faith, right? He goes, seeing their faith. This is what the Bible says, seeing their faith. Now, I'm going to ask you, in the first one, the centurion, if you want to write this down, it's Luke 7, 1 through 9. It's also repeated in Matthew, which is where I was reading from 8, chapter 8, 5 through 10. I'm going to try to hurry because I'm running out of my own time. This is, so he says this. Here in Mark 2, verses 1 through 8, he says they drop in through the roof. And he says, seeing their faith. Come on. See, there is a reason why we come together in agreement, not disagreement. Seeing their faith. Now, how many of you know that the Bible is super understated? I mean, super understated. Four friends grab their friend, drop him through the roof. Jesus says, seeing their faith. He says, your sins are forgiven, and he heals him. Wow, what a morning. Well, that's a good morning. Let's move on to the next day. No, no, no. This is how it kind of really happened. Y'all ready? Y'all going to go with me a little bit? Now, look, I'm from South Louisiana. I'm a little demonstrative. You may be a little more reserved. I'm not sure. Anybody going with me? I haven't insulted anybody yet, right? 
Okay, so picture this. All right, so everybody can see me. And so here it is. Can you imagine that morning? They're going, man, you know what? I'm just tired of seeing Fred lying on that pallet all day. And he goes, you know, Jesus over there, man, people are being healed and stuff. He goes, he goes, dude, I got a crazy idea. He goes, no, 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 man, what? He goes, uh, he goes, no, no, it's, it's really too crazy. No, 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 now you said it. Now you got to tell me. He says, man, what do you think about trying to bring him over there? Man, we'll never get in. Dude, I'm telling you right now, we'll drop him through the roof. <laughs> he says, and he looks at me, he goes, no. He goes, I'd do it. You'll do it? I'll, can we get somebody else to come with us? Yeah, man, Johnny will do it. He's crazy, man. He'll come with us. And they come together. Sure enough, they can't get in. They go, all right, man, let's climb up there. And all of a sudden, Jesus is just speaking, and he's speaking the word of God. Is He's just, he's just, he's looking at people, kind of doing some of the stuff he did this morning, right? And he's doing different things, and people are going, whoa, wow, that's kind of wow. He speaks like nobody we've seen. Wow, that's kind of cool. And then all of a sudden, he goes, man, uh, just, and he's talking, he's doing stuff. And he goes, hey. <laughs> and he goes, I have not seen. They're watching him drop him down. Now, Jesus is probably going, are y'all seeing this? Everybody's going, I can't believe it. That's my husband. Get him down from up there. No, he's just. <laughs> and Jesus is going, no, 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 you don't understand. Seeing their faith, he says. See, all of a sudden, here's a theme, right? I've not seen such faith in all of Israel. Jesus, seeing their faith. All of a sudden, God is bringing context to what he asked me. Tommy, at what point does your faith become sight? At what point does your faith become sight? Acts 3, 6 says a crippled man came to Jesus. Well, I mean, they were, they were there, and Peter and the guys are walking, and they're presenting Jesus to people. And he's, alms, alms, give me something. And they go, look, silver and gold have we not, but what we have we give to you. See, they had come to a place where they had seen their faith had become sight. They began to act on that. You know what? I grew up, the, the guy who founded our church uh, came out of Raymond T. Ritchie's church out in Houston. They used to have miracle services for three, four weeks at a time. The ambulances would drop all of the burned victims and all the crippled, and everybody, and they'd go, we'll be back for the cots tomorrow. And they would just stack them up on the wall, and they would just lean them there, and they would drive up in the next day and go, yeah, you can grab them. There they are, right there. And at the end of that, they would listen. You see, you may never hear about this. The, the nation that we live in refuses to acknowledge that God wants to do a great work in our midst. But you see, God wants to do something right here in Rockport, Maine, that says, at what point is our faith going to become sight? And you see, right there in Houston, they would shut down main streets. And all of the people who were healed would walk down those streets. I have some of those original photos. I could go on and on. I'll just leave it at that. You see, at what point... Do we say silver and gold have we not? But what we have, I may not be the richest person on the block, and, and I'm not opposed to that. Neither is God. He owns all the cattle and all the riches on every hill. But what he says, that's not what we're here for, but what we have, we're going to give to you because guess what? That's going to change you for the rest of your life. And you see, how many of you think about this hymn? How many of you, some of you like hymns, maybe? Okay, we got a good... All right, so how about it? It is well with, with my soul, right? And peace like a river attendeth my way When sorrows like sea billows roll, right? Whatever my lot thou hast taught me to say I started too high It is well, it is well with my soul I don't sing hardly much anymore and then we do that, right? But what is the next one? And Lord, come on, if you know it, sing it with me. And Lord, haste the day when my... I never caught that. When my faith shall be sight. Now, they're talking about eternity. But God is saying, yes, that's awesome, but I want to do that right now. I'm sorry if I'm getting excited right up here in front of <laughs> I want to do that right now, that my faith shall be sight. 
They were singing that then. God, I want something so radical to happen, something that will change my life so much. You see, I used to think of the term, I was talking about uh, uh, Pastor King, our founder. You know that term, you, know, you just run from the term faith healer, right? I mean, they just destroyed anything of, of that term. You just run from that for years. But you know what? I've reinvigorated that terminology when God spoke this to me. Why? Because they had the faith to see it come to pass. That's where that really came from. Yeah, there was a lot of junk connected to a lot of things, but there were thousands that were radically healed. I've been radically healed in so many different ways. Catherine Kuhlman wouldn't even write testimonies in her book until they'd been healed at least 10 years. So when you read a Catherine Kuhlman book about healings, it's at least 10 years old before she even put it in a book. You see, God does powerful things, wants to do powerful things in our life. This isn't just about physical healing. God wants to do all kinds of things. If he can do that, if he can part Red Seas and he can put limbs back on people, I mean, you know, he did surgery on my hand. He did all kinds of stuff. And so he, he just does it, right? When my faith shall be sight. And then after I meditated on those verses, I thought, thought about the centurion. I thought about um, the guys dropping their friend through the roof. And then, you know, God was waiting all this time. He was just waiting for me to get it. God will wait for you to get it. But you've got to go for it to get it. Are you all hearing what I'm saying? It's not, I'm not talking about laziness. I'm talking about I'm meditating. I'm chewing on it. God, where are you going with this? And all of a sudden, then, then it came. Elisha and Gehazi, right? Here we are in 2 Kings chapter 6, verses 12 through 17. The Arameans, right, the king of, of uh, Aram, he sent his, his people. They were trying to capture Israel, right? They were c- trying to capture Israel. But what happened was Elijah kept getting the scheme of the Lord. God would speak to him. He'd tell the king of Israel, and then they would stop all of their, all of their attempts, They would intercept them. They would stop them. And they didn't know what was happening. And they thought there was an insider, somebody telling the inside what was going on. And a guy goes to the king and goes, yeah, they do have an insider. His name's Elijah. God keeps talking to him. Their God, the God of Israel, keeps talking to him. So he says, well, we're going to capture that guy, Elisha. And this is what happens. Many of you know the account, right? And so what happens is they send entire armies. Now, I want you to think about this. It's just Elijah. It's just Elisha. And his servant Gehazi. And the king, this enemy king, sends an entire army, chariots. Are y'all getting what I'm saying for one guy? Come on. I mean, it's not as if he could get away in a, you know, Maserati and then get to the airport real fast there in Portland and then get on an airplane, a jet plane and fly to, you know, I mean, you know, this is Bible times. The fastest thing was the chariot. You know what I mean? And they're going to hunt him down, and they're going to get to him, and they're going to circle him. So here's what happens. Gehazi, you know, good old Gehazi, he's just a servant of Elisha. Now, he's seen some stuff. He's seen all kinds of stuff. He gets up one morning, and he goes, oh. Again, the Bible's understated. doesn't tell all this. This is the Tommy Falk version. He gets up and rubs his eyes and goes, man, oh, I can smell the... Oh, they didn't eat bacon. I'm sorry. All right, so I can... <laughs> Anyway, whatever he was having for breakfast, okay? And he gets up and he's, oh, oh what a day. Oh, wow, who's out there? All of a sudden there's an army. That's what the Bible says. He got up and it says he sees. He looks out and there's an entire army. Is that true? And as he sees the entire army, he goes back, he goes back to Elijah. Okay, I'm gonna, you're in the front row, man. You're, you're dead meat. All right, so here we go. He goes, he goes, Elijah, Elijah, Elijah. What, 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 what? He goes, you don't understand what's happening out here, man. There's an entire army out here. He goes, don't, what's, what's wrong? He goes, what? No, 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 no. Let me say it a different way, okay? There's an entire army out here and they're coming to get you and they're going to kill me. They may save you, but I'm dead meat. I'm just a helper. (laughs) I carry your bag. That's it. Look at this. And when the servant of the man of God was ridden up early, gone forth, beheld a host encompass the city, both with horses and chariots. So I was telling the truth, huh? And his servant said to Elisha, my master, what shall we do? Again, a little bit understated. Go to, if you would. And Elisha answered what? Fear not. He says, for those that are with them, there's more with us. Now, he hadn't even checked it out. According to this, he was just... He already knew. God was already talking to him. He was like, oh, man, i got to deal with that today. 
I guess God wants to teach somebody something. I want you to notice something, though. All right, for those who really believe that God works in spiritual realms, come on. All right, now watch this. He declares, fear not, and then he prays. There's a pattern here. He declares something and backs it up with prayer. It's not all about declaring something. Let me tell you, you can declare all day long and until you back it up with genuine, genuine petition to the Lord where he begins to respond, and you really get the, the mind of the Lord on this. Fear not. There's more with us than with them. And then this is, this is the deal. You see, he prayed, and he began to pray. You see, Gehazi, at this moment, had no faith. What do you mean there's more with us than with them? What, what, what are you saying? Elisha? And you see, Elisha declared, fear not, and then he prayed, open his eyes. As this was coming through my mind, now you have to understand, this is how me and God work. And as he's, this, this stuff comes through my mind, I'm giving you the process version. <laughs> as it comes through my mind, he asked me a, basically a question, but he made a statement to me. And he said, Tommy, there is hope. You see, when he stopped right there with Gehazi, I'm thinking, man, he didn't believe it. He's telling him, there's more with us than with them. And Gehazi is not getting it, right? And you see, he said, Tommy, there is hope. So it was kind of a question, but a statement. Tommy, there is hope. And he said this. He said, Tommy, in your church, there are Elijah's, and in your church, there are Gehazi's. And he says, Tommy, it's time that the Elisha's begin to pray for the Gehazi's. And you see, he began to say there is hope because all it takes is a small element of faith to believe to where when, when that coming together in agreement. This is kind of what we did earlier with Pastor Quentin when I said we join together. When that begins to happen, then God begins to energize things and stuff begins to happen from faith to sight, from faith to sight. Come on, is that good? And he says, Tommy, there is hope. He said, the Elijahs have to pray for the Gehazis. They move from faith to sight. The evidence of things not seen. Come on, we've got to move from that. Elijah was trying to move Gehazi from no sight to sight. From no faith or a lack of faith or little faith to faith that could see. Are you, are you hearing what I'm saying? That's where God was trying to move him to. That's where Elijah was trying to move his servant to. And look what happens next, okay? Well, I tell you what. Before we go to the next verse, and if you're already there, it's okay. Before we go there, let me tell you about the motorcycle guy. So guess what? We start getting these reports. No readings on the monitor, right? That was the beginning. He's in college. And for all those mothers out there that think he's crazy, he's riding motorcycles again, and he's actually racing motorcycles again. Yeah, you, I knew that would get moans and groans. Okay, so, but, but the point is, is that he went from to in college, going, moving, life, future. See, there had to be something. I had to, listen to this, I didn't walk by faith. I mean, I didn't walk by sight, I walked by faith. Because I couldn't look at that monitor because it said something that was anti to what God wanted. Are y'all hearing it? And look, I'm not trying to take credit. If anybody knows me at all, that's not what this is about. This is about God just rocking my world. And I know that God wanted to share this with you today. He wants this church, this group, these leaders, these people to move from just faith. You've got faith, but he wants you to begin to believe for sight. To see it happen. You've been believing for this, but now it needs to happen. That clarity has to be there. That vision in the sense of something that, that you can put it to tangible things. There's, that's not to say that you've never done anything. Please, don't, don't think that. But God is always doing really great stuff, right? God's always doing something fresh and new. There's always people. How many? Let me ask you a question. Uh, Rockport Camden. Does anybody know? I'm, I'm really opening this up crazy, right? But does anybody know what the influx of people during the summer months is? Anybody know? A lot. Okay. It's a lot. All right. So <laughs> we'll go with a lot. All right. So it's a lot. How many of you know that when you go into a store that you don't have something, they've come five. Man, I came from South Louisiana. 25 miles. I hit the Gulf Coast from my home. You see what I mean? How many of you know that somebody can come 10 states away or, you know, come all the way over just for, for you to walk right up to him and go, let me tell you something God wants to tell you. 
that they had to come all the way to do that. If you don't believe that, how about the Ethiopian eunuch that went all the way to Mecca, went all the way there for the feast, went all the way there for that time frame, and it says he left without meeting God. And there on a little side road as he's leaving Jerusalem, as he's leaving, it says this little old guy named Philip that God translates and says, I got somebody for you to talk to. And he looks over and there's a guy in a chariot reading the scriptures, the book of Isaiah. And he says, do you know what you're reading? He goes, how can I know unless somebody explains it to me, explains it to him, leads him to the Lord. Oh, by the way, there's some water over there. How cool is that? And then sends him all the way back to Ethiopia. By the way, most historians say that the church in Ethiopia is still there that was started by that Ethiopian eunuch. Are you all hearing what I'm saying? You see, how many of you know that that God isn't bringing somebody here just to, to hear something from you that you can give life and speak right? That it becomes just not faith, something that they've been believing for, right? But that moment, that exact moment where God goes, now. See, there are those kind of God moments, those, those suddenlies. You can do a study on that at some time. But that's the complete story. Uh, Hebrews 12, 2, fixing our what? Our what? Fixing our eyes, it can say gaze or whatever, but fixing our, our look, our view, our eyes upon Jesus, who is the what? The author, the finisher, the perfecter of our what? Our faith. Man, how cool is that? You see, all of a sudden, when you say from faith to sight, all of a sudden it's like fixing our eyes upon the one who has the ability to not only author it, but complete it, perfect it, and finish it in our lives. He's the very one, Right? If you, how about for those who have been believing for a long time but haven't seen the promise? I'm trying to hurry here. For those who have, have believed for a long, long time but you haven't seen the promise. I'm going to go ahead and ask you. If that's you, lift your hand. There's some things you've been believing for for some time. Okay. Me too. Nobody's exempt. By the way, Michaela made this little bracelet for me. I thought I'd... I was just thinking about that. Come on, Jesus. Luke 2, verses 25 through 32. How many of you ever heard of a guy named Simeon? He had, been in the, he had been in the temple all of those years. The Bible says that he was old. He had been in the temple every day. The Bible calls him a righteous man, a godly man. And he says when, when uh, Mary and Joseph bring Jesus into the temple to dedicate him and do the things that they did, that they brought him in and Simeon says, oh, wait a minute. Uh-uh. My eyes have... Come on, let's read that together. It says, and there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and this man was righteous and devout. Can somebody say amen? How'd you like to be written about in the Bible like that? Kind of cool, huh? And he says, looking for the consolation of Israel. I always thought of that word consolation because I grew up sports maniac. And I always thought of consolation prizes, the losers got those. Never realizing that the word is to console. It's a consoling prize. But you see, in this case, Jesus is the consoler of Israel, the one who was going to come and bring hope, the one who was going to say, get up again, the one who was going to say, let's go do it. He says, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. Can somebody say amen? And it had been revealed to him, come on, by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And when he had come in the spirit into the temple, man, I love this. And when the parents brought in the child Jesus to carry out the custom of the law, then they took him into his arms. He took him and he blessed God. Look at this. This, this is, ah, yes, for those who just said, I've been waiting. Look at this. Now, Lord, you're releasing your bondservant to depart in peace according to your word. Right? Yes, for my eyes have seen your salvation. Look at that. My eyes have seen what I've been believing for. Come on. Are y'all with me here today? My eyes are now seeing what I've been believing for. He says, which you have prepared in the presence of all peoples. Are you all peoples? Yes. Come on. We're all, oh, that was too low. Are we all peoples? Yes. He says, a light of revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people, Israel. Come on. And he says, you see, I believe that he was able to go, I can go die now. I've seen it. I'm a happy man. Oh, God, thank you. And he goes and he says, I can go in peace. I don't think he ever saw Jesus' public ministry. I don't think he ever saw him do the miracles. I don't think he ever saw him die. I don't think he saw him resurrect. But he knew, my eyes have seen the salvation of the Lord. My eyes have seen it. Yes. I've been believing all of my life. How about those who have been believing? And you know what? Maybe... You're holding on and you go, God, right now, I need some strength. How about First Peter 1.8? And it says, though you have not seen him, you love him. This is one of the most favorite verses in the Bible for me. 
He says, though if you have not seen him, you love him. And though you do not see him now, but believe in him, you greatly rejoice with great joy, inexpressible and full of glory. Some translations say indescribable and full of glory. He says, I've not seen him, but yet I love him. You see, there's a hope that's inside of us that God places inside. Listen, don't let the enemy beat you up. Just because you haven't seen something, come to, don't let the enemy beat you up. Just go, I know I'm in God's will. I know I'm standing on truth. I know I want to see it. Just hang on to that. God is faithful. Come on, are y'all with me today? God is faithful. God is faithful. That's the only way he can look at someone and say, God says enough. Because there's been enough. Oh, you see, that's where the rubber meets the road. I'm going to tell you right now. I mean, I love the book of Revelation. I love all those things. But I'm going to tell you, I'm a today, right now, Jesus guy. If I can't put it in practice right now, I need to figure out how to do that. Watch this. He says, inexpressible. My, my, I've got, I've got a, a dog named Prince. And a Prince is 10 years old now. It's a, a Sheltie. And, uh, but I'll, I'll just give you this quick testimony. And so Prince did this thing called a Zoomie. Anybody knows what a Sheltie? It's really indicative just to that breed. Anybody had a Sheltie or anything in here? Did, it, did yours do Zoomie? Okay, a long time ago, Zoomies. He's going, what's a Zoomie? You know what I'm talking about? All right, so here's what happens. So Prince is like a miniature Sheltie. I mean, a miniature Collie. So a gorgeous dog. He's, he's, he's our handsome man. He's our God dog. And so, here, and so here's the thing. When I had my heart attack in 07, we had just had him just about a year. He didn't leave my side the whole time. Now watch this. When he, when he would see us, when he was younger, he didn't really do it now. I've seen him do it in the last few months. I hadn't seen it in a long time. But when he, like if he got overly excited or you were playing with him, he, you know, doing that stuff. And then all of a sudden, he would just go, boom, and he would take off and he would, he goes in circles. Does that, am I telling the truth? They t- they, see that man right there? I don't know him, but you can trust him. And he says, look, he'd go in circles as fast as he could go. And his hair's blowing back, and he's going in circles. It was just joy inexpressible. He couldn't get it all out. And, and, and as fast as he started it, he just stopped. <laughs> That's right. You see, when the church doesn't do it, he said the rocks will cry out, so he got dogs to do it. Oh, okay, no, all right, okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. How about this? You've been holding on. You know what? For some of you, God has you holding on to something, praying for something, believing for something, and you may not see it in your lifetime. And that could be a very much truth. You're in good company. Hebrews 11.13 says, All those that died in the faith without receiving the promises, but having seen them, having welcomed them from a distance. You see, that's people that, that weren't seeing it here on earth. But they knew in the God in whom they believed, and they knew that it was going to take place. Sure, they wanted to see it just like any one of us. But God says, no, 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 it's not for this moment. You just keep standing. I want you to stand in the gap. I'll never forget, I had a friend one time that was uh, flying, and he said all of a sudden he went into huge travail. Actually, it's a friend of mine who's over uh, uh, intercessors for Louisiana, uh, and um, it was one of his friends, and so I know it's 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 a true testimony. He said one of his friends was flying. He was going to another country, and in the... uh, He just felt all of a sudden in heavy travail. I mean, he just began to pray. And all of a sudden, this just went on for not real long, just for a few moments. Now, he's in a jet. He's at 30,000 feet or whatever. And he says, all of a sudden, he just lifted as, as quickly as it, almost as quickly as it came on, it lifted. And the, uh, the pilot goes, well, we just went past the border of such and such. And he went, well, Lord, what was that about? He said, nobody was standing in the gap at that moment. I needed you to do that. When he went over the region. Now, that's wild. That'll get your attention. That'll show you that God, how he sees things and how we see things. It'll change your way. So here's, here's what we're going to do this morning. I, I really felt that, and I told Pastor Quentin this, I said, today's a word day. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I ended up praying with a couple of people, but it was a word day. This was about the word of God. Trust faith, not sight. Now, that's true, right? We've got, it starts in faith. Come on, are you all with me? It starts in faith. It doesn't start in sight. You start in sight, you're in trouble. You've got to start in faith. Trust faith, not sight. Believe your faith will become sight. 
That's the manifestation. We can call it all kinds of different things, right? The fulfillment. You can give it all kinds of names. Help others' faith in Christ become sight. In faith, hold on to God's promises of sight. Just go, God, I'm just standing like with Simeon, man. I'm just standing here. Hannah, how'd you like to, how'd you like to have the testimony of Hannah standing in the gap to believe for a son and then get that son and go, God, I dedicated, the, if you give me a son, I'll dedicate, he's yours. And then right away, just wean him and then bring him to the, to the prophets, <laughs> to the priest, you know. You see what I mean? How about this? Trust the author and finisher of your faith. Come on, is that good? By faith, though you've not seen him, by faith you love him. How many of you want your faith to become sight here this morning? Come on. How many of you want your faith to become sight? Watch this. A, a, a quick testimony, and then we're going to close in prayer, and I'll give, I'll give it back to you. I think I'll be done. I was in a, like I told you, when the Lord spoke that to me, I was coming up to Malvern, Arkansas, and, and that pastor wanted me to share for him that Wednesday night. It was a Wednesday night, and I was going to go and continue up to David Ravenhill's house, my, my friend in uh, Salem Springs, Arkansas, which is right at Oklahoma and right there. I prayed this. Um, I, I spoke this. God rocked my world. I mean, I had a whole different message. God said, no, 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 I have something different for you. And there's all kind. I mean, I could tell you just really cool things. But the, the people I was staying with there uh, at their home, who Lisa and I have known for many years, he called me. This was a Wednesday. He called me. I think it was the Sunday. And you see, their church, their parking lot is connected to the high school in the city. And their parking lot is connected, and so they share parking lots. Are you all getting that? So in other words, from the church, they can throw a rock and hit the high school. Are you getting what I'm saying? So the, the sports complex is right there, but they share parking lots, and they're downtown. And he said, he, he called me, he said, he said Brother Tommy, I've got to tell you this. He goes, I've never seen this sign. I've seen this sign, but I've never seen it. How many of you know what I'm talking about when God makes it real? He says, the sign on the wall across when I'm sitting in the parking lot of my church looking at the wall of the high school, it says it's there for the taking. He said, I never saw that before. He said, all of a sudden, God had so energized something inside of me that now I could see it. And what God was saying, the city's here for the taking. Come on. Are you all with me? You see, we've accepted the superficial for the supernatural many times. God wants to do some supernatural things. Jesus, the same yesterday, today, and forever, the great I am. Is that true? I want you to think about something. This is how Jesus, has he lost his power? What he told the centurion, can he do that for you? What he, what he did for that guy who came through the roof, can he do that for you? He's not changed. He's the same yesterday. We quote that stuff, but yet he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Watch this. They come to get Jesus in the garden, right? I think it's John 16. They come to get Jesus in the garden, and Judas is leading the pack or whatever, right? You know, when I kiss him on the cheek, you guys. Now, they come to get Jesus, who's never done anything violent or anything like that, and they come with an entire army. Here's that army again, coming to get God's servant. And they come with swords, and they come with spears and lanterns and everything at night, right? Dum, 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 dum. You know, and they're coming to get Jesus. And they go, Jesus, who are you looking for? <laughs> uh, we're looking for Jesus of Nazareth. He goes, I am he. And the Bible says that they all drew back and fell down as dead. Go read it in your Bible. Is that true? Yes. Now watch this. They're all, they're all down, falling down as dead. Now Jesus is going, guys, if you're going to take me, would you please get up? Now think about that. They came over here with swords and spears. We're going to take the man. We're going to take this Jesus. And he's like, I am. And they're all down. Judas had a moment. Uh, that, that's not for today, but think about that. And they're all down there. And all of a sudden Jesus is like going, man, I don't have all day. You guys, I got something I got to do. For the joy said before me, I got to endure the cross. You see, right at that moment, they start, uh, they lean over and he goes, Get, can you... Can you hear that? Get off of me. You know, guys, what, what are you doing? Get off of me. And they're trying to get up. Where's my spear? Where's my helmet? Putting his helmet back on. And he goes, Where, where's that Jesus guy? Let's get him. I mean, how we're, you see, it's, it's ludicrous, isn't it? It is ludicrous, isn't it? I know I'm being a little dramatic, but what, I'm, I'm trying to make a point. It's ludicrous. Jesus says, you don't take my life, I give my life. You see, that's the same Jesus today, same yesterday, today, and forever. So right now, if you would, I'd like to pray. And Pastor Quinn, come on up if you don't mind with me. We're going to pray, and I'm going to, I'm going to give it to you. Man, I, was this okay? 
Let's pray. How many of you are believing for something right now? But genuinely, I mean, where you know I've got the heart of God on the matter. You get what I'm going, you get what I'm saying? I mean, you know, not something crazy that, I mean, God wants to dream big, but I'm talking about something where I know that's the heart of God, where I know I'm not praying amiss. I know I'm praying in His will, in His purpose, and, and, and I believe I have the mind of God, the heart of God, and God, if I don't, I want it. You see what I mean? Come on. Would you lift your hands right now if you, if you physically can? If you can't, just in your heart, go, God, it's up. Come on. Jesus, right now, you see hands all across this place everywhere. God, I pray right now that their faith is going to become sight. They've had faith. They've been standing in faith. It's not about a lack of faith. It's about them having faith. But it's about moving from just faith in that sense. It's to sight. It's moving to sight. It's moving to the manifestation. It's moving to the results. It's moving to the breakthrough. It's moving to the place where they see movement, where there was no movement before, where they're hammering, just like Jeremiah said. It's like a rock, but they're hammering. They're chipping. That really means something here. By the way, that speaks to somebody right now. You've told the Lord. God, I've been chipping. How long do I have to chip away at this? If that's you right now, God's speaking to your heart right now. You've been chipping away. You've been chipping away. And God says you're about ready to see some movement in that chipping away. You're going to see some movement. God, right now, what they've been believing for, bring the breakthrough today. Bring a, bring a moment of, 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 a, of a hope inside of them, God, where you're just showing them a glimmer of where you're going, where you're moving, where you're taking them to. Lord, from faith to sight, not starting in sight. But moving in faith, starting in faith, starting in your word. The enemy knows the word and believes the word, but God, your word is powerful in the lips of your people. And God, I pray right now that as they do that, Lord, that it is being accomplished in Jesus' name. Come on, let's stand in agreement. I mean, let's, let's be in agreement right now. In the name of Jesus, we call it done. We call it done. God, movement right now. Continue to work, Lord, in my loved one. Continue to work in my spouse. Continue to work in my children. Continue to, to work in those around me, those at work. There's some of you here, God has sent you to that very place. You've been going, God, why am I here? Start believing for that person that's going to come to you and ask you a question and open the door for you to minister to them. Man, I'm just, I, I just, God's on this. Come on, just stand, just a couple more moments. Come on, Jesus, right now, begin to accomplish it. Lord, I pray right now that you would begin to, to just energize them to believe that when they walk into a place, God, what do you have for someone here? That they walk in with an expectation, in faith, God, will you bring it to pass? Is there someone? Don't fabricate. Just wait on God. Let Him complete it. Let Him do it. Let Him accomplish it. Lord, I thank You for doing that today. I thank You that this church has seen great things. God, that's just the beginning. You want to do greater things. God, You want to do exceedingly abundantly beyond what we can think or imagine. God, that is what is going from faith to sight, to to new things, to expanded things, to accomplish phenomenal things. Lord, accomplish that today. Give them a hope that's just not some speaker that, that has manipulated their feelings. But Lord, deep down inside, inside of their knower, God, the Word of God inside of them that is so deep, no enemy can rob it. And God, bring a fresh hope to those that have said, God, I've lost hope. No, no, no. God, fresh again. Fresh one more time. Fresh one more time where they're just, God, I'm holding on on to you. I'm holding on to you. I thank you, Lord, if I've got to be like Simeon. Lord, I thank you if I've got to be, you know, like those that are just holding on to you. Lord, accomplish it and fulfill it today in the powerful name of Jesus. And everybody agreed, said, amen. amen. Come on. Can you say amen one more time? Can you give God all the glory? Come on, put your hands together for the Lord right now.